You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Interstate Batteries. Now, if you haven't had the opportunity to stop into your local Interstate Batteries retail store and talk with a battery specialist, you need to do that because these guys are very knowledgeable about every kind of battery, hence the name Interstate Batteries. From your truck to your trail camera to your rangefinder, any battery that you need, these guys can help you find. Even if it's a specific, unique, one-off battery, these guys can help you find what you need. If you want to find out more information on Interstate Batteries, about their brand, about their history, about the company in general, and all the batteries they offer, visit interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Welcome to the Huntivore Podcast, powered by Sportsman's Nation, where we celebrate the hunting and fishing lifestyle through the utilization and consumption of our wild game. No egos. Fork in hand, beer in the other. No status. A piece of red meat on a hot grill and turn it into a burnt offering. Just catch it, cut it, cook it. This is episode 65. You're only one tap away from your cue with TapaQ. Nick reached out to the creators of TapaQ a standalone meat probe thermometer with a sophisticated soul using software and Wi-Fi connectivity to create a new level of temperature control on pretty much any cooking unit you already own. Whether it's a large primal of domestic or a prized piece of wild game, gaining accurate control of your cook temp brings peace of mind in delivering a top-notch meal. So settle in and listen to a true family story of creating an innovative product right here in the USA. Well, hey, folks, welcome to another episode here of The Hunt of War. Uh, got, a, got a great show for you tonight. It's, um, we always talk about the things that we do cook, and we touch on a little of the things on how we should cook them. You know, we want to bring our, we want to bring our venison up to a good medium rare, or we want to get our pheasant done but we don't want to get it dry and there's always something going on with waterfowl if we could just have more control maybe that would help us out and i know in a lot of cases just knowing is half the battle isn't that who said that was that gi joe yeah i think that's who said that but anyway 
I'm on with a family team who has put together an amazing business and has a rockin' product that's going to bring control to any cook that you're trying to do. I am joined by Gina and Jacob uh, from Missouri. They are the founders and run the company Tapacue. Gina, Jacob, thank you so much for uh, joining me this evening. Thank you for having us, Nick. Yeah, thank you for having us. What's the what's the weather like down there in Missouri? Uh, you're right down in that Kansas City area. Uh, we've we've been playing around with these 30 degree stuff. We haven't got a ton of snow. Is there snow down in your area? No, actually, it's a pretty nice day. Uh, it hit close to 50, I think. So we're. Um, we're in Kansas City area, and the weather has known it, it's known to go up and down and change. You know, we could have snow one day, and then fifties the next day, and then zeros the next day. <laughs> so living right there in the hub of barbecue, Gina, um, you have come out with this product through many different avenues. Um, you were telling me a little bit about how. Tapacue even became an item, and that started as a joint venture in basically some college courses that you were given a task to come up with something that doesn't exist in the marketplace. Am I right? That's right. Yeah, Tapacue was in the first cloud-based Wi-Fi barbecue thermometer, and Jacob who is my son, was working in a program um, called the eScholars program there at UMKC. And I was actually a part of that team too, um, doing mentoring and working with the group myself. And um, I'm a software developer by background and we're, I was working on mobile apps and, and we had a local barbecue guru person Chris Marks, who he is actually nationally known. He's a world champion barbecuer, inventor of a smoker line called the Goodwin Smoker, Three Little Pigs, uh, barbecue sauce. And he told us that there was nothing out there that would let you go further distance than Bluetooth. At the time, there was a Bluetooth thermometer that worked with phones out there, but it was it was kind of a... Um, hard because it would lose connection and you couldn't get very far so with being software based mobile app based he's like there's a niche in the market for a barbecue thermometer that would be wi-fi and that could work from anywhere so the program that jacob was in we were developing a business plan so we scrapped what we were working on we did a business plan for um tapacue which stands for you'll always be one tap away from your barbecue and um, Jacob started working on that with me and our team and doing the business plan and creating going to a venture challenge where we competed with other teams there in UMKC. Wow. So jumping into this whole market now, what kind of background do you have, Jacob, in barbecue? You know, you have this friend, uh, Chris Marks, who said, hey, this is this would be needed um, what kind of background does your family have in barbecue? Did you feel a little out of your element or were you uh, feeling like, man, this could really be not only a tool that we could make, but utilize ourselves? 
Well, yeah, I actually uh, enjoyed getting into the barbecue industry because before I have always been into cooking. I In high school, I had this college level class um, that, you know, was just a cooking class. And I've always enjoyed uh, cooking meals for my family. And uh, every Tuesday I was assigned to create a meal for the family. So I loved going and doing that. So barbecue was not quite... Um, the, what I was into. I just really never had even tried it or experienced it. And so this was opening up to me to a whole new world. And uh, yeah, so really, I came in with no experience at all. I was just, uh, I just enjoy cooking. So I was like, I can get along with these guys. And, you know, they're, they're cool. They, they drink beer, they, they cook good meals and <laughs> love to hang out. So that's <laughs> like all three things I enjoy doing too. Oh yeah, it's easy to get into a crowd like that. How yeah. was it trying to sell a piece of technology that utilizes Wi-Fi, cloud, data, all of this stuff? It's on your smartphone. How did the barbecue community in Kansas City receive that? Because in my head, even you know, just as a cook myself, there's a little bit of I don't know, ego that plays into it that, ah, I don't, I don't need this type of stuff to, to help me cook. Was it, was it a little hard at first to try and get something that was basically looking like a gimmick at that point to get these barbecue champs to jump on board? Yeah, it was fairly difficult because most people were like, oh, I just use uh, time and I, I look at it and I can feel when it's ready and <laughs> it's just, I'm like, okay, that's fine. You don't need to worry then, you know, that's our product isn't for you. Um, and then other people, you know, were just really into it. They're like, well, I've never seen this before. And we had a, there was a gap in the market where, you know, technology was missing this Wi-Fi wireless, you know, wireless thermometer. Um, it was all Bluetooth or radio frequency and or just like poke it um you know just once and hope that that's the right time and the right temp um so for i've as a, a chef that wasn't in the barbecue industry i never even heard of like time and temp we were just taught you know chickens done at 165 and pork was the same until you know they cleaned it up a bit and now we can cook it a little you know uh lower than one 165 but yeah, so I've always just counted on a thermometer to tell me what time and temperature and and going into a whole new profession where they're like, oh, no, this is actually, you know, just put it on the smoker for 12 hours, wrap it or, you know, whatever their their uh, their recipe was or whatever their secret sauce was. And so I'm, I'm coming in with that background like, uh, OK, well, that's fine, but I like to know when my steak's perfectly medium and I like to know, you know, when my chicken is done and um, pulled pork, you know, a lot of people do time and temperature now. And so it, it does help with those uh, since we were going to competitions and it helps with um, consistency and knowing your variables and, and creating a, a perfect result every single time. So that's how I like to look at it. It's more of a science mixed with the art and you can uh, use those, that data to progress and, and create a great, you know, brisket every single time you're at a competition and 
yeah, you can learn from your mistakes because you have the data right there. Yeah, that's something I think, like, especially on a competition aspect where, granted, my, my competition is myself and trying to feed either friends, which usually goes over really well. Um, I want to say the hardest critic are my three boys right now. If it's, if it's not done to their liking and it doesn't matter time or temp, they'll push that away. They'll just say, forget you, dad. We ain't going to have that. But yeah, that was an aspect that I didn't even think about would be uh, someone in the competition realm as they practice or as they try something new. Now they have not only a logbook, but at the same time, they have data points on at what time did I get to this temperature because that turned out awesome. How can I replicate that? And that's an amazing thing that you've been able to do is not only mix the hardware, but the software aspect of Tapiq. Um, I think I'm going to take a, a backup step and I think we need to tell my audience what we are even talking about. Um, Gina, when you launched Tapiq, you were looking for basically a, a meat thermometer that would be able to connect to a Wi-Fi device. Is, was that the goal that you guys were going for? Yeah, I think for me being with a software background and I've developed uh, lots of different softwares in the past, I really loved having a physical device that ran off of software. At the time, um, there the app store was like getting overwhelmed. Apps would be hard to find or other software that I'd be working on. It's just it's something that's not as tangible. And actually having a product that was a piece of hardware that you could put in front of somebody, but that the whole heart of it was software based. To me, I, I um, enjoyed that aspect of it because um, you said how difficult was it for, for us to sell it? Well, it wasn't really too difficult at first because, um, and it, it hasn't been because people really wanted this. It was something that they saw that there was a need for. And, and um, so to me, having something that would sell itself, when we actually bootstrapped, we didn't have a lot of money to put out there for marketing, but to have people telling and referring to their friends and to others and We'd just be having sales from um, all over. I mean, it would be kind of strange when we would get a sale from our own hometown because we were so used to seeing them from all over the world. And so that has to do with this whole Internet thing. You know, being able to sell online now and um, things have changed so that it's easier to get a product out in front of people that is a niche like we started with the niche of barbecue and there were a lot of Facebook groups and people talking to other people and so in that little niche you can actually sell to somebody in Australia or you know we've somebody actually just bought in Taiwan and they're still buying our product because we still have something that's very unique yes there's wi-fi thermometers out there but we've always done our best to stay out above and be innovative so we came out this year with the wireless probe and so we're the only product out there that you can have all of these different types of probes you can have a wireless probe without cables that you can use in a rotisserie or that you can use when you're flipping a steak um, that you can use in a um, 
oven or even with this newer model that we're working on an instant pot um, pressure cooker you know we've got this wireless probe now but you can still use your wired probes because there are times that you need wired um, so we've been trying to stay up ahead of the crowd and giving offerings that that aren't out there in abundance yet I mean yeah Wi-Fi is on you're finding it a lot on smokers now but it's like limited to that smoker you can't take the tap, you know, your thermometer and take it off your smoker, go use it in your oven or put it in your uh, refrigeration system or um, put it on your boiler that you're using outside. You know, with the Tappa-Q, you can actually take it and use it other places. And so we still find that, you know, we're, we're getting people that have a lot of interest in it. Good deal. So yeah, that box that we've been talking about that, that Tappa-Q has four ports. And I think it was Gina, you were telling me earlier, you made those all in stereo. And for folks that don't understand, um, including myself, understand like sound waves, like stereo means basically two inputs. So in, in the case of a stereo system, like a audio stereo system, you'd have a left and a right with the setup that you have going on, you can basically put two probes into each of the ports so that this thermometer housing can hold up to eight probes at once. Or right. that I've seen that you've had is the dual probe where not only does it have the, um, the tip being the internal thermometer, but the chamber thermometer built in near the neck of the unit so basically now I've got two probes in one. I think that's being able to give people a wide variance on just one unit they can buy and then be able to just, you know, customize with what probes they want to go with, whether that be the dual probe, whether that be load up on single probes that they're enjoying. And then, yes, like what you've been talking about is now having the wireless Bluetooth enabled uh, air probe that had really got me excited because just like you said, I'd run a reverse sear on a lot of my venison and to be able to put the probe in once and not have to pull it out uh, to put the meat into the oven, you know, check with an insta read. So I put like three or four holes into it. And now I've, I'm leaching fluid or I'm leaching my moisture that I'm trying to keep all out onto the put out onto the, um, uh, the grate there. But now I can set that in there and have a constant feed of temperature. I think for someone who's an analytic, now I don't find myself an analytic, but I think that just gives me a whole bunch of confidence that I can use having a device that can handle all of that. Granted, I'm not going to fill it all up with eight probes yet. I think there'll probably be a point where I'm going to start cooking <laughs> maybe a whole deer at one point. I think that would be cool over a spit. Um but yeah, Tappacu has been able to give a whole wide range of these different units. Um, I know I, I watched Jacob. Jacob's sitting over here. I watched a whole video on you uh, doing some smoked chickens. And I think you used a combination of the air probe and the actual Tappacu unit itself. Yeah, I, I actually made bone broth with that cook too. So I used our pot probe with whenever I had the, the bones sitting in the, you know, the water for 
24 hours. So there is, a t you know, quite a bit of different combinations you can use the probes for. Um, yeah, not a lot of people even know that we have a, that's called a long probe that you can put into your, your pots. So if you're doing bone broth or you're um, doing anything like a stew or anything that takes a long time, um, you can use that and keep track of your simmer. Good deal. Good deal. What kind of battery life are we getting on the Bluetooth and what's the battery life on the TAP-A-Q unit itself? Um, you know, if you're, if you're making a unit that's going to be for some of these longer smokes, um, how is this unit being powered? What we have in the TAP-A-Q itself is there's a, a lithium ion battery inside the TAP-A-Q and we've got what's called power save mode where it, it is a touch screen. So the touchscreen makes a very easy setup and ours is the only thermometer that's a touchscreen. So there's one of our other innovations. So you don't need to actually um, pair it with a Bluetooth to do setup. The, you just, um, it comes on the screen, the Wi-Fi networks come on, you connect it up. Well, um, while you're cooking, the screen is also color coded to your probes. So you can actually see the color of each probe and know what temperature reading that is. And it's very colorful, lights up at night. You can touch it and you can enlarge the screen so that you can just see one reading. Um, you can also run a blower um, on it as well. Like if you've got a, um, a smoker where you need to fuel the flame with air based on a certain temperature and you want to create a set point, you can do that as well. But the point I was getting to why I was telling you about the touch screen is that there's also called a power safe mode where you can turn off your screen. It's like letting it go to sleep so you can save on your battery life. If you leave the TAPAQ on without power saving, it runs about 14 hours, over 14. If you put the power saving mode on it, it runs for over 20 hours, but you can always run it off power itself by plugging it into the charger and it runs off that. So you could leave it running, you know, 24 seven all the time if you didn't want to use the battery. Um, so that's the battery life within the TAPAQ. The new probes that are Bluetooth, they're really cool because what they can do, there's no cables to these. So the, the TAPAQ itself not only has the Wi-Fi chip, it has the Bluetooth chip in it as well. So the Bluetooth probe would then connect with the TAPAQ and then it's, it puts everything up to the cloud. So then on your phone, you could still be anywhere and you're not limited to that distance in the Bluetooth probe. Um, the Bluetooth probe actually doesn't have a battery, which also makes this one unique, but it does still need to be charged. It, um, so there's a, a, it's a quick charge, it takes five to 10 minutes to charge it. The battery life is dependent on your uh, smoker environment, how hard that Bluetooth chip is working. So you could, I would say average is about six to eight hours. You could get up to 10, 12 hours on it, or you might get a little less than six. It just depends on how hard that Bluetooth probe is working. Um, but you can always take it out to a quick recharge and put it back in. Or if you're doing like a big brisket and you're doing something overnight, that's the beauty of our system. You could use a wired probe for your overnights. So select the right tool for the right cook. 
So you could use a wired dual sensor probe, not worry about any battery for overnight cooks. Um, but then if you're going to do a, a, a loin, some type of a loin that only takes four, four to five hours, use your Bluetooth wireless probe, easy cleanup, and it's actually very freeing. You'd be amazed after using wires how good wireless feels. So the first good feeling that you have, like what we had when we first came out with the TAPIQ, is that you could actually go anywhere. We could actually know that we're cooking like something that's going to take a while and run to the store to pick up things and still feel good because we'll, we can look on our phone and see the temperatures and know that we're going to get an alert. Or um, if you're, let's see, where was I going to go? But So that was the first spring part seven years ago when we came out with this that was freeing and now it's like freeing not to have wires we've got yeah. people that are just <laughs> loving not having the wires that's awesome and with the yeah i mean that range too where you're saying that you know depending on how close you have your unit or how hard that bluetooth has to work it's going to give you ample amount of time to be able to put that in um, I know with, with venison, there's a lot of times too, where it's like, maybe, I mean, low and slow is a good thing, but there's sometimes where it's hot and fast and you don't want to get above a certain temperature. Uh, so making sure that, you know, you're going to have, it's not battery life at that point. It's just, I got to know when to pull that out because I've only got, you know, two or three degrees to play with being a standalone meat thermometer. What kind of accuracy are we getting with, with what, with the probes? Um, we have very accurate probes. We've had um, years to work on these, and we found out early um, that most of the wire probes don't like water, so they don't like humid environments. So very early on, we put in quality control systems for keeping humidity out of the probes, and um, our probes are accurate within plus or minus two degrees Fahrenheit. Gotcha. I've seen, you know, the smoker that I, I currently use, um, it, it changes temperature for the, the heating unit by five, by five degrees. So it's five degree increments and there is a probe in there. Um, but that also works within five degree increments. Like <laughs> it's funny where it jumps from 110 to 115 in a matter of seconds. But I think at that point, the computer's trying to figure out like, well, it's somewhere in between there to really narrow that down and to get within just two degrees or even to, like you said, work up one degree at a time, set a specific degree and know that, man, you are very close uh, to that certain temperature. That's got to be also one of those things like gaining control back, not having to guess where the hot spots are, but having actual knowledge of That's that. That's why we like our dual sensor probes as well, because a lot of uh, a lot of people don't understand the little dial thermometers on their smokers. Uh, they're not accurate. They might be accurate for maybe right where they're at, but there's such a variance in the temperatures versus like high or low, what shelf that you're on, or right to left, and and um, having the dual sensor probes in both the air probe and we have the wired dual sensor, they give you the actual chamber temperature of where you're cooking. And it may not be what you think it is. You might have it set and think, oh, this is at uh, 250 when really it's at 230. And you didn't realize it because that 
little dial thermometer is not accurate. And not only is it not accurate, it could be a variance where it is accurate at one place, but then where you're cooking, it's not accurate. Especially with offset smokers, there's a big variance in uh, because you have the, the firebox on one side where all the heat's coming from. And so you'll get a big variance from one side to the other. Um, the mentor the, that helped us out build this um, TAPIQ, Chris Marks, he actually used the TAPIQ to create his latest um, smoker called the Marshall. And um, how he has it is it's the fireboxes in front. And so you get an even uh, temperature that goes through the entire uh, chamber. And uh, it works as like a convection oven where it circles around, the heat circles around. Nice. Onto it. Yeah. Instead of like the, what do I want to say, the horizontal where you go from the firebox to then your chamber. I mean, some of those chambers on the offset, you know, they're three, four foot wide and you're asking heat to go from that coal fire three to four feet away. Granted, it's got to come up eight inches and then over there. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. got to be definitely a cool side to the other one. I like where Chris yeah. has gone and said, you know what, let's, instead of the horizontal, let's just go with the lateral rather than have that heat travel, you know, that far distance, let's cut that in half and half and almost create this convection wave. That's mm -hmm. super cool. And that's all yeah. heat testing done with the TAPIQ itself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Whenever we first launched you, there was a forum called pellet heads and they would uh, review different smokers and they would use TAPIQ to show like live. You could even see the live temperatures come through if you had the guest login and uh, see these re reviews going and which smoker had hot and cold spots and which area and which shelf is every, you know, smoker is made pretty differently. So, um, you know, the vertical smokers or soft set smokers and the one that Chris Marks created, you know, they're all built a little bit differently. So they all have different hot and cold spots and that can definitely change how a cook is done. What does it feel like Jacob to basically be able to, I mean, you made this product, but you've made this not only just as a, as a small business, but pretty much a, a family business. I'm, I'm sure you've got a, you know, several employees that work for you as well. Um, what, what's it like to try and supply basically the world of barbecue or the world of cooking? Um, but at the same time, working right alongside friends and family that you've made and basically they're your coworkers, but it's like at the same time, you guys are kind of really close niche where you guys are at. It's really fun to be honest. I, I enjoy it. I get to work with a lot of, like you said, friends and family. And so we just have fun doing it. And that's part of our mission is to create um, life of fulfillment, fun and efficiency. So we've kind of hit all of those with the product that we create. And yeah, so I really enjoy it. And production is a fun task for me too. It's like, um, I was always into Legos growing up. So building, you know, these little tap cue devices is really similar to what I've enjoyed my entire life, just building things and building products and uh, creating a business, building a business. And I would say not to bring up current events, but here we are in a, in a moment where, you know, the, the family, the family business is either rocking or falling at this point, depending on what part it is um, in the industry, whether, you know, food service is, is suffering and you're watching mom and pop shops um, go through just 
an awful scenario. Um, you know, you, you guys are probably going through your hardships as well, but every time you get a customer, it's like, you know, you, you see a positive review and man, that feels like a home run at that point. Like you take every one of those. Um, and you, you shouldn't say you don't take every one of those for granted. You don't take those for granted. Um, those are, are absolutely precious to you. Uh, at the same time, when it comes to customer service and, and just us talking, um, when it's, when it's Tappic and someone is having either an issue uh, uploading the app or, or trying to get something, something on, like that's your baby. And you guys jump forward on that. You guys have been um, just, just checking out a lot of your reviews. Customer service is a huge thing for you guys. And I think it's from something because you totally believe in it. Am I right? Yeah. I, I think that, yeah, I just was going to say that for us, that's, um, one of our, our values is, and I know a lot of people say this is their values, but it really is for us is to treat others the way that you want to be treated. And so to know that, um, whatever they're going through, we want to make it easier for them. And, um, we want to help them. That's why we're here. You know, we want them to have an easier, enjoyable life and um, whatever we can do to help them make it that way. And Jacob did say the the thing earlier. He said, well, you can't something like that. You know, you can't you can't please everybody. Some people, they don't want a Wi-Fi thermometer. They, um, you know, and that, like you said, was maybe I think it was harder for me at first because it was my baby. I feel like, you know, I mean, it is our baby, but I just, it does get personal, but you've got to learn not to take it personal, you know, and realize that if it's not for them, just wish them the best if, if it's not for them and hope that whatever, you know, they find in life will satisfy them. But customer satisfaction is very important to us. Yeah, we don't buy any reviews or um you know everything is authentic online and every story you hear is uh what happened and so we definitely pride ourselves in uh those reviews well good deal good deal yeah i i don't know it's it's just one of those things like where you know an american family picks their picks up their idea from the bootstraps and is like, we got to get this to people and we want to give them the best quality product. We're going to make it here in the U S and it's going to be homegrown. Uh, you know, all the help is here in the United States. I think there's going to be a lot of people that are just like, man, that's exactly what I'm looking for is that, you know, I know this was made right there near Kansas city. If I have a problem, I can pick up the phone and, or send an email out. And I know that either Jacob, Gina, or someone from their team uh, that they trust is going to be able to pick up the phone and, or write me an an email back, helping me out with my scenario. That's getting harder and harder to find. And I think, you know, along with with good quality reviews that you guys have gotten, I'm sure that feels good to not even worry to have to buy reviews. Listen, we're going to make this authentic. We're going to make this real. And I think that says a lot about you guys. I do have, um, I do have to fess up for myself though. Um, with 
all the technology that's gone into the cooking aspect of it, of, of having control. Now, I was a believer in in thermometers, in temp and time. That was that was something I was always always a part of. But I I would scoff at the idea of having a Bluetooth enabled grill or a grill with Wi-Fi capabilities, and I would poke fun at the people who then had them either fun or maybe it was envy because I really kind of wanted something like that on the inside. But at the same time, I couldn't afford to be able to get a devoted item like that. So now I have to learn how to eat crow or I'm going to have to eat crow. So I'm going to have to cook it with the Tapicue here. Is Bluetooth and Wi-Fi the wave of the future here? Are we going to see a lot more, um, companies jump on board with something that you guys have already made are you going to start to see your uh your competition start to get bigger and bigger um well it has it started at we were actually the entryway into the market and proved the market so we can always be proud of that um but it wasn't long until after um we were out there that we did start seeing the competition come up. You know, we had another local competitor come up right here out of Kansas city. Uh, then we had, we saw more and more grills. And in fact, it was kind of strange because some of the grills that actually became uh, Wi-Fi enabled, we would find out they had been like using our, tap acute actually <laughs> test it <laughs> yeah to test it and make it go and um so yeah we are seeing it but you know from some of the companies that we had even talked to before about it and before they became wi-fi and they kind of were talking to us a little bit we're like you know for a grill company we're a software company we're an engineering company that's what we do and to, for a grill company to take on a software project is not easy because most of the time they have to outsource it and they end up, we see that the quality kind of suffers. We know our product. We do our own um, software development. If something is wrong, we can go right to it and fix it. We don't have to think, oh, where's that person that we hired, you know, two years ago or whatever. Um, so yeah, I mean, we're seeing it coming across more and more in, in different grills. We know that a lot of pellet grills now have it in them. Whereas when we first came out, I think there was one pellet grill that was starting to come out with a um, way back then. And now it's like, they've all been fighting, you know, climbing over each other, trying to get the Wi-Fi into the grills. And um, not to say that, that that's bad. I mean, we feel like that we introduced this market, but we do feel like that we have a product that is um, versatile. It can move around. Uh, you don't have to, like, trust um, maybe some probes that aren't as accurate as ours. Um, you know, we do what we do. We do a Wi-Fi thermometer software based. We're not doing a smoker. So that's our expertise in that niche. And we feel like we do a good job of it. I do think that um, I, we haven't been seeing it as much in like the, the um, like the stick burners or um, 
you know, some of the other ovens and cooking accessories um, because it's not hard, it's not easy to do. Like I said, they're going to have to outsource and get software developed, cloud software that um, there's just not a lot of software developers that are cheap. They're pretty expensive. You're going to be spending a lot of money if you get it done here in the United States. And otherwise, you're going to be outsourcing it to uh, a foreign country, and then your quality is going to suffer. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, I love how you keep things in-house. Go ahead, Jacob. And with technology, how it moves so fast, it's always uh, progressing. You know, uh, like the smartphone wasn't here (laughs) 10 years ago, but um, it's just crazy how, um, how much work it takes to maintain software. And so there's a big update that we have to do here in the next month before or our product will quit working. So having to outsource something like that um, is even more of a a liability because like Gino is saying that you have to find that same software developer who created your product and then you have to um, have them update the code because each each software developer has different, you know, ways of creating code and it's like a language, right? So it's just a uh, very costly, but it is also, you know, I do see it being the wave of the future is just creating um, internet of thing devices. And so there is a lot of, you know, new pellet grills that are coming out, but in the industry of barbecue, some people, you know, have had their rig for, you know, 40 years or longer. <laughs> And they don't want to create it or buy a pellet grill because that, you know, that takes out 40 years of flavor in their, in their food. And so it's, it's definitely different in this industry, um, especially some people who prefer charcoal over pellets. Some people will even prefer, you know, propane grill if they want, you know, just to cook something really quick, fast. And that's the versatility of Tappic U is you can use a wireless probe on a propane grill if you want to cook steaks or something one night and make it really easy or if you want to do low and slow on your 40 year old stick burner for a big you know three or four briskets or and have a big party or something so you have all of that in one device and that's you know because it is a standalone device that creates that versatility yeah i think something you were alluding to as well earlier jacob is I mean, we just mentioned that Bluetooth and Wi-Fi are kind of like that that cutting edge right now. But even as the, the connectivity and the amount of communication that goes on between devices, um, I want to say probably even what's helping out um, the food industry as far as like barbecue or even uh, wild game that I'm in is that community of cookers, community of hunters and anglers, community of of barbecuers are starting to recognize one another. They're starting to see what each other are, are doing through different forums and now different groups. And Tappacue has been, they, they, you guys created your own group as well. So now users of Tappacue can then communicate with other users to say like, listen, this, this is the way that I've really used this probe really well, or check out the, the way that I'm using, um, a product that we haven't mentioned yet from you guys is that cruise control, which is a basically a blower that you can bolt on to your air intake. That's a really neat thing. And to see different setups where guys are using that, it really kind of opens the box for people starting out. Like 
how can I apply this to what I'm doing? And I think that really kind of opens people's eyes there. I like the idea of having that live data available for other, like the, the TAPIQ community. So in the future, I envision having a, basically a social network through our app where you can see locals, you know, your neighbors basically on your, your smartphone. And if they want to, you know, private or public, it depends on how you feel about that. But you can check out your neighbor's meat and see like how he's cooking. <laughs> and then have some fun, be like, hey, you're using a pellet grill, what are you doing? <laughs> or like, you know, actually learn from them a little bit. And you could have master chefs on there as well, where you can look at live data and they could even create classes, master classes through our app. And I think that'd be really cool because you have all of that data and um, it's all live too. So you could create a live session, do um, a stream of what you're doing and have people comment, um, ask questions. That's awesome. I love that. That does kind of just, it brings people into your, uh, into your environment. It really brings people together as far as like, yeah, you can do a live session on, on cooking um, your barbecue or something. I don't know how many different guys' meat I'm going to check out, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just playing with you, Jacob. That yeah. was funny. Yeah. Um, well, I do like that team oh. tapicue. So what you were mentioning, um, Jacob actually just started that a, a few months ago. So we have a um, group now besides just our page so our page only we can post on except maybe people doing reviews you know things like that but the team tapic is a group for our customers to come together and share like you were saying and uh i love i love that page i wish it was public because you really get to see what people are doing but it's a private group and um it's called team tapic Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. The more people we can get in there, the better as, as far as people are doing low and slow or just using the unit in different unique ways. Um, coming from the wild game world. Um, I know I'm, I'm taking a step in here into your world, the barbecue, and I see the the crossovers that are there. Um, how often do you enjoy a piece of wild game, uh, Jacob, whether that be, are you an angler a little bit or you get your hands on some venison once in a while? What, uh, what kind of wild game do you dive into once in a while? Yeah, I've actually never, I mean, I've hunted in my life, but I've never been good at it. So neither of <laughs> <have> some, <laughs> <laughs> it's something I, I need to practice on if I actually do want to become better at it. But, um, you know, I've, uh, we go deer hunting every year and, my dad or brother will, will get something and I'll just uh, sit out in the woods and freeze myself. And, <laughs> and then, yeah, this last year I actually had a really um, easy shot, which was, I thought it was a little unfair because as soon as we pulled up to the cabin, we were all around the uh, kitchen table and um, there's just this window that you can see out into the yard and a big buck just comes and trots on by and so the guys are like, go shoot it. I'm like, no, that's way too easy. I don't have to suffer out in the, the woods and like freeze myself to death. That just seems too easy. So anyways, I shot at it, but missed it. And, uh, and then, the, yeah, a couple, let's see, a couple other times I saw some deer. It was just, 
as soon as I walked to my spot, I had all this stuff in my hands and I see two deer just run off. And I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> we can all relate and, to that. <laughs> so I'm not the best at hunting, but I do enjoy some venison uh, about once a year. And I actually enjoyed like quail hunting more than anything. I think that was fun. Uh, pheasants, I've done that. Caught some pheasants. Um, to you know, that's it's good just as long as you chew around the the, sh- the uh, shotgun. Yep. yep. Make sure you pull out, pull out the pellets. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, your your bit of kit with the uh, the air the air probe that would work out wonderful into one of those breasts of a pheasant like that, just because there is, there's not the fat that a, that a chicken would have, you know, you got to really watch that, that pheasant. Um, Mm -hmm. We were talking earlier, Gina, you have a deer hanging up in your garage right now. Am am I right? Your husband (laughs) smoked a deer earlier. Well, he's actually, um, he did get him a deer this year. And it did take us a couple, a few weeks though, for the um, testing to come back. And so it has came back good. So we are going to be cooking it soon. We haven't cooked it yet. It's still in the freezer. <laughs> gotcha. Excellent. So yeah, you guys are still dealing with the CWD that we're, we're dealing with here in Michigan. I tell yeah. you, that's, that's becoming more and more prevalent. So, Hey, good work on, or uh, good on you guys for having a clean, clean test results. And now you get to break into it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I actually went to visit my mom um, this year, and one of her neighbors had, um, he he brought us over deer steak that he had, um, you know, the way that he traditionally did it with the the gravy, you know, breaded and the mashed potatoes and the gravy and put the gravy over. It was really good. It was very good. So that was my last deer, our venison, and that was in uh, November. Well, October, actually. Is October. They have an early season in Arkansas. Oh, gotcha. Well, good. So yeah, getting into the, the wild reds on that one. Do you have a favorite cut, Gina? Or is it, you don't worry about that, whatever, whatever hubby brings you? I, I would love to have more. Uh, my husband, he's so busy. He's a, uh, he, he doesn't get a lot of time to hunt now. Maybe when he retires, he'll get more time. Cause I actually miss it. Like I love wild game. I have um, no problem, like Jacob said, with the quail and the pheasant and the the um, deer that my husband would hunt. Um, but he hasn't got to do a lot of it, so I haven't had a lot of it. Gotcha. Yeah, you're too rough on him, Gina. You got to let him go out more often. <laughs> I know it. He's actually rough on himself. He wor- He works so much because he's got his own business as well. So he's just, and he has a lot of hobbies. He's a, uh, he likes custom cars. He loves working and doing anything mechanical. So he, he actually is the one who designed and makes our uh, blowers for our, our uh, fan control. He cuts those out. Uh, he does our stands for us. Um, he just likes to make things. So the mechanical aspects of it, he's involved with. So he works with the company as well, even though you don't see his face a lot. Um, he behind the scenes helps us out too, even though he has another business. Well, cool, cool. That really does add into that, uh, that family aspect there that people are pulling in and and helping out where they can in the business. That's really neat. Well, Hey, we have come to the crescendo of our episode here, and I call it my two-dish 
breakdown. This is where I'm going to pose uh, a category to you guys, and then you need to tell me what the dish you're going to be making and a side or something. I'll, I'll give some uh, parameters inside of this. Um, Gina has already confessed that she's not the like the kitchen is not necessarily her favorite spot of the house. She does push a lot of that to her husband, but I'm uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna really get something out of her tonight. I think she can. I she I want her best dish. So we're gonna do that um, for our favorite piece of barbecue. I want to know Gina. I want to know what your favorite protein is, and then the favorite like the way that you're gonna be cooking that, whether it be low and slow, whether that be hot and fast, and uh, how are you gonna use that piece of tapacue? equipment on mm-hmm. that well i do like brisket i really like a brisket and um using both ends of it where you can get the slices and then you can also get the burnt ends um that's my favorite cut of meat and the tapacue of course works wonderfully with that you put your probe on either end of it and um put a probe in the smoker and and uh, that's the best way for us to do it. And we actually don't do it super um, slow. We're not the, you know, the 20 hour brisket type people. We, we heat our um, smoker up a little hotter and cook it a little faster. And we still do the wrapping when it hits about 165. Um, so that's, that's what I would have. But I have to say that my husband actually does more than me. I, he kind of laughs because I know a lot more about it now than I used to. And I'm trying to tell him a little more about what to do. <laughs> so he <laughs>, laughs, but uh, he's still the hands-on with it. Well, good deal. Now being Kansas city, uh, are you putting sauce on that brisket or is it more Texas style where you've done the dry rub and then just left it as is? For the, for the brisket, we do the dry rub. We don't put sauce on it. Um, if somebody wants to put some sauce on the side, they can, but we don't sauce it. We just rub it. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. This next one, I'm going to pose over to Jacob. This one, this one's a little heavier. Uh, this one's going to be a date night. And he's going to be making something that's going to make this date go just the way that he wants it to go. He wants it to go just right. So, Jacob, to set the mood here, what what are you making? And it's also got to include the tapacue. You got to figure a way how to use that. Um, what are some of the time and temps that you're going to be using? And uh, what's a side that's going to go along with this meal you're making? Well, the first thing that comes to mind, because the last couple of dates that I went on, they were gluten-free. Um, and... <laughs> <laughs> Didn't work out, but <laughs> um, no, there, uh, what I would do is since we're talking game, if I had it, I would do some, uh, venison, um, some of the backstrap, the loin, I would cut mm-hmm. it, some steaks. Um, I would use, so this method I enjoy the most. I got it from a, a book called the four hour chef. And it's called Sexy Time Steak. And it's because they use rosemary as one of the uh, ingredients. And rosemary is supposed to help with like, you know, circulation and, and mental mood. And, 
And yeah, so it, your mom is on this call. Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a good herb. Um, so I would use that. And so what I would do is first I would salt the venison and leave that overnight. And in the morning, you know, wipe off the salt, wash it off, dry it, put on a rub. Um, with So you'll, you're pairing it with rosemary. I've tried this coffee rub before and it actually turned out really good um, with rosemary. So I might try that. It just depends on what I have in my spice cabinet, and what I'll really like throw on it. Um, tarragon, garlic, uh, maybe some salt, pepper, of course. And then I would actually put it in the freezer for a little bit, maybe 30 minutes to uh, freeze the outside so I can actually sear it on, you know, really hot heat, maybe uh, with some grapeseed oil on a pan. And that actually makes it so the um, internal temp doesn't get you know, too high and you actually get that really good bark. And so then I would place it on a bed of rosemary with the air probe and put it in the oven. Or, you know, I could have actually smoke it if I were trying to get some really good flavor if I had uh, maybe some apple wood or, yeah, it just depends on what you really want to like pair with it. So yeah, I would smoke it for as low as possible, as low as I can get the temperature for as long as I can. And sometimes that's, you know, maybe like 200 degrees for a couple hours. And yeah, it hits 140 and I'm pulling it out. Nice. I like that. What's let going alongside of it? What's going along the side? Yeah, uh, just you got to let it rest too. Uh, you can't just cut right into a steak. So let it rest for like 10 minutes. Um, alongside with that would be some greens, um, some sauteed asparagus, maybe with some roasted red pepper, uh, uh, red potatoes. I think that would be good. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Red potatoes, asparagus, and the, that steak mm-hmm. on that bed of uh, rosemary. I mm-hmm. so, Sounds like that date's going to go mighty well there, Jacob. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> well, hey, folks, this has been an excellent time. Uh, thank you, Gina. Thank you, Jacob, for being able to come on and just talk about basically uh, your baby. This has been super fun to talk about the Tappy I know my listeners are really going to eat this up um, just because it offers more control into something where wild game is kind of like a, a crapshoot, you know, spin the wheel on what it's going to taste like, what that texture is going to be, because each animal does offer a little bit of its own uniqueness. So to have a little more control is, is always good. Um, Jacob, if, if my listeners want to find more about Tappacue, um, where can we find you on social media? Can we find you on the internet? Where, where are some places that we can go to find out more? Absolutely. Um, I manage all of the social media. Um, so and our, our Wix chat box, if I can get to it. If it's not too technical of questions, my mom usually handles the technical questions. She's a software engineer. So I try to do all of the work that I can with any of the you know question, easier questions, the sales questions. Um, and so I, if you DM me on Facebook at TapiQ or Instagram at TapiQ, and that's T-A-P-P-E-C-U-E, uh, you'll get directly a hold of me. And if you want also to join our Team Tappacue page 
um, I am I have my personal you know, profile in there, and you can get a hold of me through that too. Awesome, awesome. Um, also, you guys have been super gracious as to offer um, my listeners a little bit of kickback here as far as if they want to get a tap of cue in your hands. Um, Gina, we set this up where what's the, it's HUNT10, all caps. I'm, is, am I correct with that? HUNT10 in all caps and tap gets you 10% off your purchase for the first time. Is, is that what we set up there, Gina? That, that's correct. It's uh, H-U-N-T, all caps, and then the number one, zero. So HUNT10, and the website, again, is tapacue.com, T-A-P-P-E-C-U-E, which is a wordplay. It stands for you'll always be one tap away from your cue, tapacue. Um, but it, it is a little different to spell because uh, it's also wordplay with barbecue spelled with the C. So uh-huh. T-A-P-P-E-C-U-E. And uh, yeah, that'll get you 10% off any of the products that you might want to buy. One thing that we didn't mention, if you don't have a lot to invest in a Tappacue, you can buy an air probe and it will work without a Tappacue. It's a $69 uh, probe that gives you two readings, the meat and the chamber, and it'll work directly with our mobile app, Bluetooth to Bluetooth. So you could actually start with that if you don't want to get the standalone unit to stand next to it. That's an easy way into it. But if, the, if that was the case, I would say you'd want an iPad or something to be in range. And then that would actually send the temperatures out to the, to the cloud where you could still get the temperatures on your phone from anywhere. So still a cloud-based system, but you would be limited to Bluetooth range. That's why I say have a tablet or a an iPad there to connect to it in place of the Tappacue touch unit. I like that idea. Again, versatility, you know, the right tool for the right job. And if you're really kind of getting into, I, you know, I've got an easy or I've got an Insta probe. What is something that's going to be better than, you know, an Insta probe, but at the same time, I might not do enough cooking to warrant getting the whole Tappacue unit. One of those air probes is definitely the way to go. So yeah, I'm going to definitely, I'll give a thumbs up approval, hunt of or approval on going with just one of those even, but yeah, um, go ahead and hold on for just a second here, Gina and Jacob. Uh, I'm going to send our listeners on out folks. You know, we, we love our wild game and we love to make it taste as amazing as we can. And we do our best to be able to have the best quality care for our meat Why does that need to end once it enters the smoker or the oven? We want to make sure that we're doing things uh, precisely. We want to know when it's done so that when we pull it out, it's not overcooked and we end up giving it to Fido as much as the dog is really going to appreciate that. But having some hard data behind uh, our cooking from a company that is born here in the USA and is also handled by a family and friends who have been able to work together in this company, I think it's a home run, uh, a pickup for any one of our listeners. So folks, look, take a look at, uh, at Tappa Q. Think about jumping in with one of those air, uh, air, air probes. But whatever you're doing, always keep your knives sharp. <laughs> 